thanks so much, Alan. And uh, just really want to honour these guys. Hey, they've done an amazing job here, and uh, I know you really appreciate what they've done. It's uh, it's an incredible amount of energy that goes into planning a church, um, and uh, it's such a such a cool thing that you've done. It's coming up to three years old. Is that right? Very soon, and three years into this building, uh, three weeks into this building. Is that right? This is the third will. Wow, today. Three years is today. Well, you should be speaking today then. Uh, <laughs> no, but well, happy anniversary, guys. So uh, very good good to be here for an important day for you guys and um, really blessed to be here. I guess, yeah, as uh, Alan said, uh, I work for INC Invest and we're kind of the bankers of the movement. Uh, we look after all the loans and the finance for uh, all across Australia. Me and Peter Geiser is the other guy that we work together on that uh, front. Uh, as well as that, I, I as a volunteer, I, I serve in my church in Brisbane, City Point Church, which is also an INC church, and uh, I, I actually um, uh, pioneered in, in my church the demographic of late 20s and 30s in the last, probably it's about, it's coming up to two years old, where, where there wasn't really that late 20s and 30s demographic in our church, there was always a young adults, but that older sort of bracket never really uh, had something for them, and uh, me and a few, uh, a team, uh, pioneered that particular demographic in our church and uh, that's just gone amazing hey it's uh we had our last meeting was about 120 people um a few weeks ago and uh we're just going uh yeah everything's going really great we've got lots of life groups and things like that so uh it takes like i was saying it takes an incredible amount of energy to pioneer something new and uh really appreciate when people are willing to just say um sacrifice and just give up uh, time and effort and energy to make something happen in the world and to just really pioneer something in the spirit. And uh, so I just honor these guys. And um, tonight, um, I shouldn't say tonight, it is today. So uh, today, I wanted to talk about the subject of power. So the subject of power, in some ways, um, the subject of power is one of the epic themes of the Bible. You know, matters of idolatry, injustice, um, they're power struggles at their core. If you think them through, um, there's a you see even early in the Bible, there's a sense of the power struggle between Moses and Pharaoh. And these are Pharaoh was the most powerful person on earth at the time, and uh, and you see that power struggle in Judges, in Kings. Um, you see Judah and Israel battling with the oppressive powers, and and that that sense of uh, um, contending with the oppressive powers at the time when the Israelites went off to or Ju- Judah went off to Babylon. Um, you see them contending, Daniel contending with the most powerful people in all the land. Um, Nebuchadnezzar was the most powerful person in the world at that time. And Darius as well. There, there's a sense that the Bible is always about our relationship with power and how um, we should deal with power and how power works. Um, and even Jesus, he was deposited, uh, the incarnation, deposited into Roman-occupied Palestine. And underneath the surface of all the the gospel um, messages, and even throughout the epistles of Paul, and you see that bubbling below the surface, this tension of Roman occupied Palestine, and and the simmering tension between the Jews and the and the Romans, and uh, and you know, the, so the significance of power. You know, sometimes we think as as Christians that the power is, uh, I guess, petitioned or only belongs to that. 
uh, area of healing and miracles. You know, like oh, the powerful, the power of God is about healing and miracles. But we see in the Bible that there's a sense that power is larger than that. Power is something um, bigger than that. And I think now uh, there's a particular book that I um, that I read about. This uh, Andy Crouch is his name. It's it's I've got the book here, but it's um, called Playing God, and it talks about um, redeeming the gift of power. And uh, he proposes a definition of power that I think is really quite handy. It's that power is the ability to make something of your world. And whether you look in the Greek or the um, English meanings of what power means, it really fits. The ability to make something of your world. We, we see this in the Genesis account. You know, God breathes his spirit into man and, and says, you know, gives them power and dominion. Fill the earth and subdue it, he says. Make something of your world. Um, for the animals, he says, go and multiply. But for human beings, he said, it's about power. He says, make something of your world. Take dominion over your world. And so it's a, power is an incredible part of our story as humankind. And so, and, and even if we think a little bit deeper about what power might be, um, I just think, like, if we can simplify it even further and think, what is power? Like, power is, I think, the ability to bring about change in your world, the ability to bring about change in your life. Maybe it be a big thing or a small thing. It's, it's the ability to change something. And when you're powerless, what does that mean? It's a, it's a sense that you're unable um, to make a tangible change in your world. So to be powerful is to say, you know, I can make a change. I can change something. Um, so so to, it's a big topic, power. You know, and it has uh, wide-reaching effects. Uh, that we understand how power works and we're able to use it and to bring about change in our world. And, and I know you've been talking about uh, a sense of um, God's design for our lives and, and that's such an important thing. It's been such a cool, you know, to hear that topic that you've been talking about. And, and in some ways, you know, there's a sense that we've all got a, um, th- there's a power that needs to come into that to allow us to change things in our world. We understand the gifts and the talents that God's given us and then we've got to take them and we've got to say, God, you know, breathe on this. There's a sense that we can um, take those gifts and create something in our world and change something in our world. And that's, uh, that's really what um, that power is given to us for. So I just want to make a few quick observations about power and to think about how power works um, as, a, as an idea. Uh, there's things I could talk all day about power. It's a, it's an incredibly large subject, but just a few quick things that I could talk about. And uh, the first one is that power is hard to see. You know, you never really know how much power you have. I mean, sure, you get glimpses of it. Sometimes you, you know, you might do a powerful act, and um, and you sort of think, oh wow, that sort of uh, that kind of all just happened for me. Um, maybe I've got a little bit of power, you know. I talked to that person, and something just happened, and and uh, and then you also notice when you're not very powerful as well. When you, you know, when you try something and it fails, and you're like, oh, okay, that's a bit of feedback that I'm getting that I'm not as powerful as perhaps I thought. Um, but what you have no trouble seeing is the power you wish you had. I think it's always easy to see. Um, it's never easy to see the power you do have to make a change. It's always, always easy to see the power that you don't have, 
the power you don't have to make a change in your world. We, we often get caught up into this. Uh, there's a story that um, comes to mind when I think of this. And uh, I've got a friend who's a recruiter in a financial planning firm. And so he might do, uh, just in a normal day, 20 um, job interviews. So, you know, just job interviews to uh, hire a financial planner. So, um, so I'll meet up with him after work. And, and there's a sense that, you know, oh, how was your day? How was your day, mate? You know, and he'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, this is happening with, um, with the business. This is going good. This is not going good. The boss is doing this, this and that and the other. Uh, there's a, yeah, the economy's not real great. Um, oh, yeah, by the way, I did a couple of job interviews during the day. Yeah, so, and, you know, we just sort of keep talking. But you imagine if you're the person who's being interviewed. You know, you're one of those 20 people um, being interviewed for a job. I mean, your whole, your whole life, your whole world is about that job interview, isn't it? You know, and there's a sense that you've been preparing all week. You've been, uh, you know, practicing maybe interview questions with your friends. Um, when you get into the interview, you're sort of like, oh, you know, you're not, oh, I don't want to be funny, but not too funny. I just want to kind of connect with the interviewer. Like, as we leave, you're sort of shaking your hand. That was a firm handshake. Okay, that's good. I did that well. Um, you know, there's a sense that you, um, yeah, you're, that, that person is really, you know, when he gets to his friends after the day, they, they're like, oh, so how did it go? And he's like, oh, look, oh, I think it went okay. I answered the questions well. Didn't do good at this question. Um, you know, but, you know, overall, I think we had a connection. I think he liked me. Uh, he smiled when I left or made some comment about me. And uh, they're sort of... The, but it, it's incredible, isn't it, that, that my friend um, has incredible power in this person's life uh, to say yes or no to whether they get a job or not. And he could even miss that. You know, over time, he's had this job for a while. You know, and over time, you sort of lose the sight of the fact that, you know, he has that incredible power and it can erode over time and he can come percept uh, susceptible to carelessness with this incredible power that he has in these people's lives. And I think that's, that's so true. You know, for me, um, my own power that I have, and sometimes I, I forget that, you know, that my power has grown over time and there can be things that I could just sort of say off-the-cuff remarks to people and then, you know, it really matters to those people, you know? And, and I'm like, oh, like, wow, that's incredible that I have that power in their, in their lives. And I've got to remember that, you know, the things that I say even just off the cuff is really people take them seriously, you know? And, you know, there's people in my life that have incredible power over me and what I, what I do. And they may say things that are whim and just uh, and not realise that they significantly impact me and my life, and the way I go about my life, and, you know, and, but we've got to realise this is not uncommon, like, even the most powerful people, even the most powerful people um, in the world, often admit to feelings of powerlessness, and it's always a sense that it's hard to see the power that you have, you know, I think of the parable of the talents, you know, there's the guy with one talent, and what does he do? He hides the talent, he hides the talent even from himself. He hides it away and he can't see the power that he has been given. But he's always looking at what the other person has. He's like, you know, oh, that guy, he's got three talents. Like, oh, that's, you know, if I had three talents, imagine what I could do. Or if I had five talents, imagine what I could do. But you hide away what you do have and you're blind to it. You, it's hard to see the power that you have. I think of, 
you know, a man pursuing his career and, you know, blinded to the fact that he has an incredible power to have an influence over his own son or his daughter. And uh, the incredible power he has to shape that um, human being in, in such an incredible way. But blinded by the power that he does have, he pursues a career. And I think about the power of forgiveness. You know, it doesn't, the forgiveness doesn't seem like a powerful act when you do it. But the ripple effects of that are incredible. When you're able to make that, that small adjustment and say, hey, you know, I'm going to forgive this person for that wrong they did to me you know that's an incredible power that you have in your hands to do you know and we can be blind to what the power of forgiveness or even small acts of kindness and the ripple effects of those things you know i really prayed this morning that god would open that the holy spirit would speak to us and would highlight areas in our lives uh areas of power that we have things that we can control the ability that we have to make a change in our world and he would uh, allow us to focus in on them and to, to really spend time with those things. Now, the second observation I want to make about power is uh, power multiplies when it's shared. So, you know, dictators, you know, uh, throughout history, they, 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 they don't actually multiply power. They, they take power from others and make them powerless and accumulate power to themselves. So there's a sense that the net level of power is, is the same. But to multiply power, it, there's a sharing that needs to take place. Uh, it's, just to explain this idea, um, for me, um, okay, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit of a musician, right? I, I play the piano, um, played in church for a lot of years, and I consider this um, a good analogy for power. And, uh, you know, it's a powerful act to be able to play an instrument. And, and uh, you can really create something and it can really make an impact into your world. And, and I think there's a, there's a sense that, you know, a te- a, 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 someone might come to me and say, hey, teach me to play piano. And I've got a decision to make, you know. Will I, will I go through a process with them? Will I make a decision to enter into a student-teacher relationship with this, with this person? And, uh, and we will learn together. So there's a sense that, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficulty, isn't it? There's a sense that we come together and you're practicing and uh, I'm teaching. And uh, it's not, it's not, you don't learn the piano by maybe coming, coming to my place and I just play and you just watch, right? And you just watch every week, do you? And you don't come when, when I'm sort of like, maybe you come to my place and you play the piano and I'm just kind of having coffee in the corner and, oh yeah, you know. But there's a sense of me coming along to your side, sitting next to you, and you play something and I'm instructing you and saying, hey, you're not doing it quite right. You need to change this. You need to move that. You need to do this differently. And we go through a process and maybe you are... Um, Maybe you try something one week and it gets, you know, you make a bit of headway and then the next week you're there and it, you've, you just can't remember how to do any of the stuff you did the week before. But there's a, there's a sense that over time we go through the wins and losses together and over time you manage to forge out um, a sense of uh, being able to play that piano. And, you know, that's, a, that's an incredible picture of what power is like. And, you know, I want to ask is, as a teacher, in, by going through this process, have I lost power? No, well, I haven't. I've probably gained power, if anything. I've gained the power, the ability to teach um, and grown in that. And this person has, you know, learnt an, an instrument and been able to play. And, and I'm forever connected to that. 
uh, as well. So there's a sense that in that relationship, um, power is multiplied and it, when it's shared. It's a, it's a positive sum game. It, it, it increases the power that's on the earth. And there's, um, there's an important passage in John chapter 14. It speaks of the Holy Spirit. And it calls in the paraclete. Now, the paraclete is, you know, if you look at it, it's called called to one side. The helper, the advocate, that's what the word means. The, the counselor. You know, John sixteen thirteen says he will guide you into all truth. In a real sense, I think that John had in mind this idea of the teacher and the student. The Holy Spirit called to one side, called next to you as you as you're sitting down at the keyboard, and he's sit, sitting beside you, and he's going, "No, you're playing that wrong. Here, change this, um, move this around. You know, practice a bit more." Um, there's a sense that the Holy Spirit has been called into our lives in this capacity. You know, it's in an apprenticeship relationship. It's very much like an apprenticeship relationship. I mean, you don't rock up on your first day in apprenticeship and, and the boss throws you his car keys and goes, here, there's a trailer full of power tools. Good luck to you, you know. There's a sense that you call to one side. You call to his side and you learn and he teaches you something and you try that and you don't do so well and then there's a, there's a learning process that you go through. Um, sometimes we think about the power of God like it's a package that we receive in the mail. And we say, oh, you know, I've got the package, all right, let's go, you know, and let's open it up and, and the power of God. But the power of God isn't delivered to us as a package in the mail, you know. It is given to us as a seed, as a, in the form of a student-teacher relationship. You know, the Holy Spirit, you know, is here this morning. He wants to enter that, that relationship with us. You know, a third observation I want to make about power is that power grows through discipline and sacrifice. Now, if we go to the piano teacher story, you know, it's not enough for the, me and the, the teacher and the student to have a strong friendship. You know, they, they might go to the beach together. Oh, look, you know, we're down at the beach. That's cool. We might go over here. They might have coffee, catch up for coffee. They're, you know, they might have uh, an incredible um, friendship. But that's not what this relationship is necessarily about. It's cool to hang out with people right, and have coffee and uh, thing. But if the relationship is about learning and growing your power, then there's a sense that there is a discipline and sacrifice that's required. You know, learning the piano is uh, a lot of senses um, practicing scales or um, there's hours a day that you practice and, and it's saying no in some ways to temporary pleasure. You know, I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about things that, good fun things that you could be doing, but you abstain from that and you say, no, that's, that's a cool activity there, but I'm, I'm dedicated to um, learning this skill. I'm going to lock myself away and make an investment into this. You know, for me, like, I can honestly say to you today that the Holy Spirit is my closest friend. He really is. Like, we, we talk a lot. We, 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 we spend a lot of time together. But, you know, as much as that is true, um, I know that the power I have in my life today is not about my closeness to the Holy Spirit. It's about my willingness 
to discipline and sacrifice myself and to, in, in our, that relationship of dependence upon the teacher. And as I submit to that kind of relationship, my power grows. And the power I have today is because of the sacrifice and the discipline uh, life that I have led yesterday. And I could be more powerful in my world today, dependent on the level of discipline and sacrifice that I engage in um, today. I could, I could see amazing things in my future, but it depends on how and what I'm willing to do today to sacrifice, to give up, to lay down. You know, Jesus was the most powerful person in human history because um, he conquered sin and death, not, you know, not by an act of power, but by an act of surrendering power. Have you ever thought of that? It's a, he died a, a, a brutal death on a cross, and it was an act of sacrifice. You know, in some ways, power grows when it's purposely given up. There's, there's a scripture in Philippians 2. It says that, he was, that Jesus was humbled and obedient even to the point of death, even death on the cross. The Greek word is kenosis. It's that he emptied himself. There's a, there's a scripture in John 4, uh, 12, 24. It says, Unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. There's a sense that, that when you, not, not when you haphazardly discard your power, but when you deposit your power, when you die to that, when you plant that seed, when you deposit it, into something there's a sense that it goes into the ground and dies and and it can produce more you know you you lock yourself away you spend time in in prayer and in the in that that relationship with the holy spirit and uh, that thing um springs out of that sense of dying or that sense of sacrifice that sense of discipline that we go through and yet so many of us you know encounter things in our life and and, uh, you know, we cry out for, for a miracle that doesn't cost us anything. There's a sense that we have an incredible opportunity to grow power in our life. And, and yet, when something, we, we don't do that. But then when something incredibly challenging comes into our life, we cry out to God for some magical divine intervention. And, uh, you, you know, as, as I was looking at this... Um, in this book that I was reading, like I said, uh, I referred to this book, but um, there's a, a quote about uh, magic. It's the law of magic. And magic promises great control over hidden forces. If only you know the right incantations. The dream of magic is to have power, the ability to make something of your world without suffering, without relationship, without risk. And at the root of this is that sense of idolatry, isn't it? It's that desire for us to be powerful, um, independent of God. That desire to be separate, the, the way to, if I could just get an easy uh, response to this, that doesn't require me to make a sacrifice. Because, you know, we talked about power as, um, as a sense of, power as the ability to bring about change. And I don't know about you, but change is, is painful. I mean, any change that I've had to make in my life, it's, it's required a, a level of discipline and a level of effort, and it's hurt in a lot of ways. It's, it's not easy to do that. And 
there's a there's a quote I heard from Brian Houston. He said, "Your capacity for pain will determine your potential for growth." And I think that power is the ability to bring about change, and and that power comes through a process of uh, a painful process. A lot of times, we need to go through that sense of surrendering our will, laying down what we would have, uh, the preference that we would have for things, and. Yeah, I think I think about um, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and those type of things. Um, you know, maybe you don't know much about that this morning, but there, there's a sense that with um, baptism of the Holy Spirit, that there's incredible power with that, and um, it. You know, there's. I've had people in my world, in, in my church, you know, where we baptize in the Holy Spirit and they receive this incredible gift and they're just glowing, you know. They just can't believe that this is, uh, this is, this is a thing, you know. And, and they're, you know, playing in tongues and this sort of thing and they're, they're, there's, a, there's a sense of, like, real power that starts to come into their life. And then, you know, I'll talk to them a few weeks later and I'll be like, okay, um, you know, have you been praying in tongues? Like, how's that, how's that been going? And like, oh, yeah, you know, I kind of... Yeah, I've been, yeah, every now, you know, when I think of it, I sort of, you know, do that and it's it's a cool thing. I think really, like, do you understand the incredible power that is in that, in that activity, you, get, you know, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. There's such an incredible power that comes with that. And these same people, you know, that, that are just unwilling to submit and, and to discipline themselves into this incredible gift that they've been given, you know, when something goes wrong in their life, they're crying out for what? A magical divine intervention. You know, when God has already given them what they need to become a powerful person in their world. And, and, and they just don't grab a hold of it and discipline themselves and give themselves to it. There's a, um, I suppose, uh, just a, a story for me to explain... I guess my overall, uh, what I wanted to share this morning was, uh, does everyone know the, the story, the, uh, sorry, the movie, Karate Kid? Karate Kid, everyone knows that, everyone knows that story, right? the, the movie, right? Well, that's right, that's right, wax on, wax on, that's right. So anyway, I'll just tell the story just in case you're not up to date. It's a very old movie anyway, but, uh, but we see Danielson, as he's known, um, Danielson gets beat up, basically. Tell me if I go wrong with the story, right? He gets beat up, and he goes to Mr. Miyagi. There's some sort of situation where he goes, okay, you know, you're going to teach me how to fight. And Mr. Miyagi's like, okay, right. This is we're, I'm going to teach you, but first you're going to wax on, wax off. You're going to wax the car. So he's like, okay. And, and it's just one car, and then there's a whole fleet of cars, right? And he's like, okay, I'm like, wax on, wax off. Wax on, wax off. I'm like, I'm not sure what this has to do with, um, with fighting, but sure, okay, no worries. So he d- he does it, and then and he's finished that. And what happens next? Does anyone remember? Paint the fence. That's right. Paint the fence, and it's like up and down, up down, and then the fence just goes right around the thing. You know, that's the camera spans, and you're like, oh wow, that's a big fence. And then and then what happens after that? It's like sand the floor. Someone knows this really well. Sand the floor. I've got the right crowd today. All right, that's good. Sand the floor, sand the floor. You know, it's like sand the floor. 
And, and eventually he's starting, it took him long enough, right? But eventually he's starting to get really ticked about this situation. He's like, I came here to learn how to fight. And you're getting me to do your chores. And for free. You know? I mean, what, what is going on? And there's some sort of confrontation. And, and suddenly it re- it's revealed that all along, Mr. Miyagi has been teaching him how to fight. And he just didn't realize that that's what was, that's what was happening. You know... It's an incredible picture of what I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. And we don't really understand what he's doing a lot of times. There's a, there's a real sense that, that praying in tongues or praying in the Spirit, investing into these things, uh, is the wax off, on wax off of the, of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't look like a powerful act. You know, sort of pacing back and getting up early, pacing back and forth and, and uh, muttering something that no one can understand. There's a real sense that that doesn't seem like a powerful act, but just like Danielson, it's like he's he's like doing this thing. But what he do, what he realizes is that he's actually developing strength. You know, he's developing strength, and those movements are, uh, are becoming more than just like a more than just like being able to wax good. But there's a sense of strength that comes to that, and those movements start to become almost instincts. You know, so he just sort of like reacts in that particular way and and there's a sense that when we pray in the spirit when we invest and uh into the spirit um in praying in the holy spirit you know there's a sense that we are growing our power you know the power of the holy spirit around our lives you know it's such an incredible thing to be able to do that and you know it's a cool idea and i I hope hope that even this story of the karate kid sort of sticks with you from today um but, you know, how does it actually play out in, in our lives? I think there's a, um, one of the, the dean of our Bible college at City Point uh, Ministry College, uh, Andrew Staggs, he told the story, um, told me the story, and he talked about how he faced an incredible situation in his work. And uh, it was difficulty, you know, I um, sense that, you know, his boss... Um, you know, didn't like his project that he was doing. He was in the secular world at the time, so he wasn't in the in the college. But um, his boss didn't like his project. It was really hostile towards him and what he wanted to do, and uh, he just couldn't see a way forward. So he didn't look at the power that he didn't have. He looked at the power that he did have, and what he did have was the power to get up earlier and to go into work and to pray. And so he did. Every day he would get up earlier and he'd get up there and he'd pace around the office and be praying, you know, and praying over the situation. He might pray for the boss's office and his desk and his, and his computer or, or whatever and he'd pace around. He said he got interrupted by the cleaner one time and, and he just had to be like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm just sort of, you know, just here early. don't know why. But, uh, but in a real sense, uh, he was... Um, not looking at what he couldn't change, but what he could change. And he started to pray into that situation, and he, and he had an incredible change in that. Um, that the way that that environment turned, that, that uh, situation turned out. And I think in our lives, every day, we have opportunities. We're blind sometimes to the power that we do have to make a change in our world. But, you know... We, in a real sense, we can we can make a change by investing into either prayer or something else. You know, there's there's an incredible chance. You know that even Dan, like as he's laying carpet in whatever 
you know, whatever, whether it's a house or a business, you know, you can be, oh, you know, I'm praying for this situation, you know, like, uh, you know, there can be the presence and power of God in, in this house, in this, in this business. I can, uh, maybe I can't talk to the owner about God, maybe I can't, you know, do too much else, but there is power that I do have and I can invest into that, you know. Even like, uh, you know, in school, like Xavier, you know, even in school, I know you're playing a game, that's all right, carry on, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's alright, <laughs> but you know, in your school, you know, you can you can invest in your school in, in such an incredible way. It's true. Gotcha. All right. <laughs> you know, you know, the, every one of us have have environments that we can influence. You know, and we may not be able to confront directly, like, like you know, I can. Oh, you know, sometimes we think that the only way we're actually making headway in our world as if we're having a direct conversation with someone about God. Like, but there is so much that can be done to prepare an environment, you know, where people can find God, you know. So much of, of around our lives even, an atmosphere of faith that we can build around our lives so that when we walk into places, you know, things start, you know, there's just a sense of even joy that you can carry around your life. That when you come into some, you know, people sort of go, oh, you know, like there's something, something really cool or different about you. You know, that's a, you know, there's a, there's a sense that we can build those things. There's a sense that we do have power to make a change in our world. And you know, uh, I just, um, I just really feel like uh, I want to, um, I want to pray for us right now um, about that particular thing, and and then I want to sort of give an opportunity for anyone that doesn't know God and, and uh, has, you know maybe these things may seem a bit foreign to us and uh, and that's okay you know this is a this is a sense of a journey and, and getting to know God over time but I just wanted to pray right now for the, that sense that the power would come that we'd start to highlight those areas in our lives that that God would do that let's just pray right now God I just thank you God for these people here today amazing incredible people that have been willing to sacrifice and pioneer an incredible church and God, I pray that you would just open our eyes, God, to the power that we have in, already in our life. God, that, that seed of power that we have, God, that we would deposit that. We would sacrifice, we would discipline ourselves, we would deposit that into our prayer life, into creating an atmosphere of faith around our lives. God, that you would teach us your ways. God, that we would walk in the ways of the powerful, God. That we would become powerful men and women of God in our city, God, in our, in our town, God. God that, we would, God, that the tangible manifest presence of God would be upon our lives. God, that so the people would know that we are men and women of God. We just thank you, God, that you're just going to highlight those things. God, that you're going to create an urgency, God, in our spirit. God, that we would put our hand to the task of developing power in our lives. We just thank you for that. Jesus' name, Amen. God, and I just, you know, I just think, you know, in this subject of power, and maybe you don't know God, and I think, I think about Jesus. You know, He gave up His power, but so much of coming to God is about understanding your own powerlessness, understanding that you are unable to make a change without Him. For, for me, like, we understand, um, and you may have even been taught and know this, that, that becoming a Christian is about repentance and faith. Repentance and faith. And there's a sense that repentance is turning away from things that aren't God and turning to Jesus in faith. But 
there's a sense that you need to have a revelation of your reality to do that. And the story that comes to mind for me is the, the story of the Titanic. For whatever reason, the Titanic comes up. So, and the, you know, the Titanic is a boat and it sunk. And uh, it's, you may believe that the Titanic is a boat and it sunk. Okay, that's okay. You could believe that. You know, it's good to believe that. I think there's pretty good facts to stack up to say that the Titanic was a boat and it sunk. You could watch the movie about the Titanic and you could be caught up in the emotion of the movie. You could be like, oh, there's a real, that's really sad. Like, it's, he dies at the end. Like, oh, I didn't want to spoil it for you, but that's what happens. So, you know, in a real sense, there's, you know, you could get caught up in the emotion of that that movie and 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 so it could be more than just facts for you maybe it could be an emotional connection to that but you know the revelation um what what being a christian is about is when you realize that you are in the water that you're the one in danger it's not just an abstract story it's it's you you're in the north atlantic ocean in the water you're in in a dangerous space you're in peril, and you can feel the, the, that hypothermia coming around you, and you feel your organs shutting down, and the sense that you're clinging to a, a piece of board, and, and there's a, a sense of hopelessness around your life. And, and, you're like, and then someone comes over and reaches out to you, and you grab hold of him. And, and that, that moment of turning away from, the, from that, your, your security that sense of like that board that you've been clinging to and trying to, to keep your life together and you turn away from that thing and you reach out to that person, Jesus Christ, who, who's reaching out to you and you grab hold of him. And that is what it is. Repentance is letting go of the board. Faith is grabbing a hold of Jesus. And it's when we come to that reality, when we realize that we are in trouble. This is why, you know, Christians call themselves saved because they're not just adopting a religion they're, they're understanding that I have actually been saved I'm saved from something and so I just I just don't know if that's you or that there's someone else I just want to pray and if, if there's a sense that in your heart you feel like God give me that reality give me that sense that or maybe even God's speaking to you right now and you're just getting a, an incredible revelation of, of the peril that your life is in and even, even, you know, I, I, ne- I never, forget, I can't forget even that, that sense that I was in peril. Me, you know, I needed Jesus. I needed a savior. God, I just thank you, God, for for whoever's here, God, who who might just be coming into that revelation, God. I just pray you'd speak to their hearts in such an incredible way. Holy Spirit, move upon this their soul, God. Move upon this spirit, God. Cause them, God, to 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 see the danger they're in, to let go of things that aren't you, God, and to hold on to you tightly, to increase their dependence upon you, God. We just thank you, God, that you're moving in their lives, God, as they cling to you tighter and tighter, God. Let them continue to grow in dependence on you, God. Let there be a process, God, of coming to to know you, to 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 come closer to you, God, of even going into a sense of letting go of things progressively over time and uh, even going into a sense of depositing um, in the power that they have, God, and, and moving into that as well, God, as a Christian, God. We just thank you, God, 
that you're doing that in people's lives all across this building. God, even people that have been saved for a long time, God, you're renewing that urgency within our spirit. God, that we would understand, God, that we are completely dependent on your goodness and your mercy, God. We just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Very good. So time's up. But uh, yeah, thanks so much for, for allowing me to come today and for sharing. And I hope you got something out of it. I'd be really glad to chat afterwards and, and uh, really encouraged by what's happening here and really love this idea of planting churches. And, and uh, yeah, it's so encouraging, hey, to me as in the head office of INC and seeing that in, the, you know, in churches all across Australia. So I'm so blessed by this. So thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, thank you, mate.